everybody. This is your Team Vineyard podcast where we're really trying to help you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. I'm your host today. This is Pastor Mark. And in this episode, we are going to be talking to Cameron Clark, whose uh, responsibilities here at the church are, are several, but his big uh, responsibility is to oversee our student ministries. So that's our big deal today is student ministries and conversations about teenagers and how we can impact them. On a side note, one of the things that we're really trying to focus on this year is uh, make sure we are still being relevant to all generations. Um, and so that's not a new thing, but we always want to be doing this. And so today we're talking to Cameron. So, uh, Cameron, yeah. welcome, buddy. Wow, glad to be here. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Could you start off, because some of us may not know yeah. uh, uh, as much about you as others. Tell us a little bit mm-hmm. of your story. When did you first get introduced to uh, life and ministry and some of that stuff? Yeah. So, uh, so for those of you all that don't know, I'm actually a PK, which is a pastor's kid. So, <laughs> so I'm a pastor's kid. Grew up in the church. Uh, actually, a majority of my family is actually uh, in ministry of sorts. I've my grandfather was a pastor for fifty plus years. My brother-in-law is a pastor. My uncle's a pastor in Alaska. Of all places, <laughs> you know. I thought they just had bears and all. So there are they people. They have bears in one church, and bears. it's his. <laughs> his name is Barry, so maybe that's oh, a clever. Okay. Um, yeah. So I I grew up around the church, very very involved, and and actually throughout my teenage years, I felt this um, almost this call to to do something with. Um, to do something with students, because one of the things I felt like around, uh, I guess, when I was in school was this desire to achieve more than what I felt society was telling me. Mm. And so uh, in 2009, um, I just recently committed my life to Christ. And um, so I spoke with my youth pastor and was like, hey, uh, what would it take for me just to hang around here more? And he said, well, hey, man, you should intern. I started interning in 2009, and um, the next year, 2010, graduated. So um, you started in, so you would have been how old? 17. At 17, 17. started interning in ministry. Yep. Okay. Started interning in ministry at 17 years old. And then the next year, graduated, and I was working a job in the corporate world and doing that whole thing. And uh, my youth pastor reached out and said, hey, like, we need somebody to clean the building do you want to do that? And I was like, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, uh, yeah. And didn't pay anything really, but, but what it allowed me to do was be around the church. Okay. And that's what I felt God had called me to do was, was to be in the local church to, and that's what I felt like I was equipped to do. And so I was willing to do whatever I could to be in the local church as much as I could. And so I quit my job and moved back in with my parents and my car broke down, so I didn't have a car, so my dad would take me to the church super early in the morning, and I would spend from about 6.30 to 9 cleaning the building in uh-huh. the morning, and then I would spend the rest of the time talking with the youth pastor and working with him, and and yeah, okay. I, so that was 2010, 2011, um, and then the youth pastor actually stepped away in th- end of 2011, and they were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And 
I was sitting there going, "Hey, I've been here," you know. <laughs> did you did you end up moving in toward his took yep. over that? So I took over as the youth pastor in 2011. I was about to turn 19 years old. So okay, so 19, and I did that faithfully uh, all up until. 2000 and what, when did I move here? 2018. I suppose. Okay, that's a pretty long run yeah. then of student ministries. Yes, yeah, so I've been very involved with student okay. ministries for many years and still am. So, so since 2009. All right, yeah. and that may fully address the first uh, question that I have for you. Uh, where did your heart passion for students come from? Mm-hmm. Is there a specific moment or? Uh, Think of a time when God really stirred your heart and thought, help students, man. I don't know if God calls you man. Hey, man. (laughs) I hear him talk to me like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, Yeah. So so I guess guess to go back, yeah, again, like 2009 when I was in high school, that time period. um, You know, when I would look around my school and when I look around even my youth group, it was... Um, it was almost like this consistent, it was almost like the same issues over and over again. Uh, Why am I here? What is my purpose? Um, you, you, you would feel like this sense of, I don't even know how to say this, this sense of like, they're not good enough. They don't have what it takes. Maybe it was a pressure of mm. sense to, to fit in, to be something um, else that maybe they didn't feel like they should be or okay. wanted to be. And, and, and I remember thinking like when I found God, I was like, well, hold on a second here. Like, like th- there's always sorts of pressure from different things. We live in a society where there's pressure all around us. But, but I, I asked myself this question, like, I wonder what would happen if we had a generation, if this generation understood that they are called and that they are equipped by God to do the work of the ministry and that, and that people, there are people all around us that it doesn't matter your age, that you can actually go up and change their lives. Their lives can be drastically impacted and you don't have to be 30. You don't have to be 50. You That's don't have good. to be 60. And, and it was like this consistent issue. I just kept feeling like I was seeing. And then once I stepped into ministry, it was almost like it was intensified because I had this authoritative position where I got to speak into these kids' lives and I would talk to these students and they would say, mm. I would say, well, what's holding you back from saying yes to God? What's holding you back from being this in your schools or being this in your community and in your homes? What's holding you back? And they would say, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't feel like I have what it takes. And I would say, well, you do it. And it was at first, it was okay. really frustrating because I didn't know what to say. So, so what I, what I hear you saying is, is part of, um, part of what motivates you is you have a sense of no matter the age and for us we're talking about students like you have a real sense of god has called them to do significant things and uh so part of your calling is to call them out and say (laughs) you matter to god and you can make a difference yes very very cool well and this is not totally disconnected. When you think of uh, today's 11 to 18-year-olds, what is it uh, that excites you most about? What's one thing that excites you about the generation that you're working with now? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so just one. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> one well, thing. you can do two if you want. <laughs> so I think one thing that 
Yeah, one thing that yeah, okay, this is it. So one thing that I'm most <laughs> excited about um, is, and I think people, I think it's really easy to overlook this, but 11 to 18 year olds are probably some of the most passionate. Oh, it's some of the most passionate people you will ever meet. I mean, the fact that you can look around and the stuff that they're into almost, it's like we would look at that, like some older people, we would look at that and go, why does that interest you? And then we would say, well, I would never. And they are, they're like, I love this and I am going to do it. And now you're seeing these, these younger, this younger generation. I mean, you think even outside the church, they're making money off of things that, I mean, that we would look at and say, that's, that's so stupid. But they are passion. Passion. Passion, passion, passion. Yeah. Hmm. Strong passion. So yeah, um, that's a, that's an excellent thing t- for us to just be considering. That could be, um, again, that could be part of the unique gifting of mm-hmm. this generation sure. is a real bent toward yeah more zealous. I'm giving my life. That's right. Yeah, to something which that's of right. course connects to the gospel. That oh, was what Jesus, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, you know, Jesus regularly said, okay, so here's what we're doing today. Leave everything you have and come and follow me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds kind of passionate. Very passionate, um, yeah. Let's shift gears just a little bit. What is uh, one of the biggest challenges that you see as you work consistently with the teenagers around the church and and uh, and interact with them somewhat, you know, just in day-to-day life? What would you say is one of the big challenges that they are facing? Yeah, so when I think of the challenges that that students are facing today, um, you know, it's really easy to 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 look at it like an outward, like zoom out view, and you know, say, well, it's social media, or what's this, and and yes, that all you know kind of plays into it. But I would say probably the the number one thing that I feel like students face, um, I would say it's it's the pressure to the pressure to fit in and be Mm. what society thinks or tells them that they should be. Um, And students, a lot of the times um, can maybe, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I need to do a better job, but they, they, they don't know exactly where to find who they are in. And so instead of finding it in the gospel, in God and being content with who they Mm -hmm. are in Christ, they sometimes, a lot of times, students can look, um, not all students, but a lot of students um, can look around in society and say, well, I need to be like this. I need to be like that. If I don't have this, if I don't look like that, wow. if I don't receive this, if I don't um, accomplish that, then my life will equate to nothing. Okay. And I have to have that. And, and, and it's difficult because... It's almost like sometimes it's like uh, their mind shifts back and forth between their what they're passionate about, but at the same time, sometimes what they're passionate about leads them to trying to be something that God has not created okay. them or called them to do, and they get lost in this sense of, I'm not good enough. I wanted hmm. to do this because I felt like society was telling me I needed to do this, and I didn't achieve it, and now who am I? What am I? Mm-hmm. And so I think this maybe uh, conforming would be the best way to put it. This conforming to one of the believing. things that they yeah. they chal- they're challenged to a challenge they face is they feel a lot of pressure to conform. Exactly. Yeah, and in sometimes feel pressure to conform to things that are not oh for sure not God like, oh, at all. And yes. so yeah, um, 
Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I just want to interject something that just came into my mind when I was yeah. thinking of uh, things that our teenagers are facing. I just want to challenge Team Vineyard folks that are listening. Uh, one of the things that I think maybe we can do uh, as a church uh, is to make sure that we're making time for the teenagers that are around the church because, um, and you can uh, probably attest to this, there are a lot of teenagers that are going through things and they are fairly alone because of family situations, mom's working really hard and she's working a job or two and maybe dad's not even in the picture. Yeah. And, uh, and for them to have a good identity in Christ and be able to hear the voice of God, I'm just challenging Team Vineyard, slow down and make room for teenagers to have conversations because um, for them to, to get their identity in Christ, sometimes they're going to have to talk to a more mature... Someone who's been there. Somebody who's been there and can just... The, the specific thing that's coming to my mind is just listen, just listen oh to their gosh. story and then God will give us wisdom in how to interject yeah. His voice into their life. Yes. So just a little thing that's yeah. coming in my mind pretty heavily there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, here's a question. What is one thing that you wished, <laughs> what is one thing you wished every, every adult knew? What is one thing that you wished that every adult knew about teens? Did I say that right? Yeah. Is no, that you, sort of right? Yeah, no, you said it right. Okay. Yeah, I said it right. What is one thing that I wish? Me. What, what's one to... thing you wish Pastor Mark knew about teens? Because I'm um, an adult, sort of. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, okay. One thing that I wish. Okay. I would say if there's one thing, and I don't, I don't want to bring up the passion again, but, but I, maybe I should lean back into that again. That that they students. I hear this all the time from students. So let me back up oh, just good. a second. I hear this all the time from students. I don't know why you keep telling me that. I know what to do. You don't have to keep telling me. Huh. It, and it's it's so odd because then like my you know my adult brain kicks in. I'm like, okay, well, why aren't I seeing it? You know, why aren't I seeing it? Um, and so I think I think a lot of times with students, they get this, um, they get focused in on something and they start working at it, start going. And they, they truly believe that they will figure it out and that we have to actually see their passion to not only do what sometimes we think, and I think this, well, they're just doing what they want to do. No, 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 no. No, they're doing what they believe is the best thing to do. Hmm. And so if we feel like that's not the right thing to do, how can we speak life into them? Because students, when they get their eyes set on something, they will do it. Huh. They will sell out and go for it. And it's crazy to think about because, you know, if we can, and we've, we've, we've briefly talked about this, but if we could get... Um, more students focus on on the gospel and reaching and doing exactly what God has called us to do and having that confidence to step out in that I just I just wonder I wonder mm-hmm. what the impact could be in our in our society mm-hmm. if they if they did that because I think a lot of times you know they they seem distracted they seem not um, what's the word I'm like they, they, they seem not invested almost like they're lazy they don't have no 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 they they're doing it like they're doing it and mm. they're and they're gonna do it and they don't sometimes they don't want people telling them how to do it okay so maybe they need to 
you know, teenagers need to work on that. Well, a we all, bit. yeah, we all need to work on that a little bit. Oh. But yeah, yeah. All right. I hope that was helpful. It was kind of, kind of <laughs> scatterbrained, right. but yeah. So, in that, if we can go back around, you know, you wished every adult knew about teens. What's one thing that you do to try to address that that topic that you, we just talked about? Like, do you approach teenagers in a certain way that you think is helpful for them to move toward the gospel? Yeah. I mean, what do you yeah. practice? Yeah. So one of the things that I think, um, you know, you actually said just a few moments ago to, to, to remind students that they're heard, that they're listened to, to listen to students. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I like to do is I, I try to interject myself into their life to see what they're talking about as much as I can. Okay. What are they going through? And so sometimes that's as simple as me walking up to a student in the atrium or in the hallway somewhere or in the auditorium and just saying, hey, how was your week? Hey, what, what are you, like, I'll ask questions if I don't know the kids super, super well. I'll say, hey, like, hey, you play any games? Hey, what are some things I use this word? I use the word passion all the time. Hey, what are you passionate about? Like, Oh, if, that's if, a good practical yeah, thing. What are you passionate about? And, and sometimes they're like, I don't know, like, I don't know, I that. but they are passionate about something. They just have to, you know, you just have to mm -hmm. give them the words. And so uh, I like to interject myself into their life and see what makes them tick, what makes them go. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so then what I do is I dive into that. And if it's, you know, video games or if it's creating things or if it's whatever it is, I like to, I like to see, um, I like to ask them, okay, well, is do, have you ever tried to use that for the glory of God? Yes. Like, how could you how could you be a godly influence in your community and your society with what that is? And so, just interjecting myself into, and then also like like looking at it through an unbiased lens of I may not understand that, but and I may not care about that, but they do, mm -hmm. and they do. And if it's not if it's not detrimental to their faith or their walk with God, how can I get them to to see the gospel in the midst of what drives right. them? And so interjecting myself into that. That's good. I mean, and it's practical for me. What what did you say your question is? Oh, you ask them what are you what are about? you passionate about? And then what I hear you saying is listen well. Yes. And then try to connect their passion or ask the question, well, what's God doing in that passion? Mm -hmm. Most, I, I've observed most of the passions that people have, there is a redeeming value. Yes. If we can steer them toward God, yes. he will say, because uh, he's He's given birth to a form of that passion in their life. That's right. We yeah. just have to steer it toward, how about you do that for God? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, there was a there was a little short there was yeah. a student. Tell me a story, a story. Cameron. There was a, yeah, <laughs> I love it. There was a student, uh, I'm not going to name drop, but there was a student in core class just about 2 months ago and and I and I love I love this student, okay? Every time I see him, he has a book in his hand. I don't know if I've ever seen in my almost two years of being at this church, have I ever seen this kid on a weekend without a book in his hand? And it's not like a book like Harry Potter or something like that. Yeah. No, it's a book. Like he had a book on the moon. 
and he has like books on like rocks and <laughs> and it's, it's like it's the and he's a sixth grader. Okay, and I'm going. Oh my gosh! Like this is this is cool. And so, I was I was talking to him one weekend, and I said I said, man, you you're awesome. Like I, I wish I had your drive to learn all the stuff that you have, like that you are interested mm-hmm. in. I said, why is it that you carry these books around? He said, man, our, our world is so exciting and, and the things in outer, it's mm-hmm. so, I, I want to know about it. And I said, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, if you're passionate about that, what do you want to be? He said, I want to be a scientist. And I said, a scientist? Man, that's really cool. Like, I, yeah. I, I can barely spell scientist. So, you know, so like, that's crazy. Yeah. You want to do that professionally. And then I asked him, I said, so, you're, so you believe in God? And he said, yeah. And I said, so have you ever thought to yourself, what could you do in the science field to bring God in the midst of what you're learning about yeah. and your future colleagues? That's awesome. And he was like, you know, I never, th- I, I don't know if I've ever thought about that. And I said, so what are you going to do today if that's what you want to accomplish? What are you going to start doing today other than just reading this book to accomplish that? Because there's going to be outside voices trying to speak into you, to yeah. derail you, to say this is more important. If you feel like that God has cre- created you to be in a, a scientist, go for that with all you have for the glory of God and interject the gospel in every single that's, thing that's that great. you do to make sure that people see God clearly through what he has called you to do. That's a great example of engaging teenagers and and moving them toward God's purpose. And that was five minutes, five-minute conversation. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's all it took. Yeah, and that five-minute conversation may plant a seed that will change and give traction to, to the direction of that young uh, teenager's life. For sure. Huh. Got a couple more things. Yep. Um, Let's see. Let's go this way. What can a parent do to maintain a relationship with their child during the teen years? And I'm going to pull a little bit of a shift here. You, because I know your father, Mm -hmm. you have a good relationship with your father father and your mother. Yes. Yes. Can you think of one thing? By the way, if you didn't know, because I know Cameron enough, he like he he like talks to his dad. Yep. His dad's down in Lexington and regularly there. How often do you talk to your? I would dad? say once a day. See, we, I call my dad once a day. Um, sometimes even if it's only for a, like a few yeah. short moments, like today on my drive to work, I gave him a call wow. and said, "Hey, how's how's the church doing? How's how's life? How's yeah. everything?" I'll call my mom. Uh, not. As often, but a lot of times they put me on speaker. You know, oh, sure. when, if I call my dad, open so, me on speaker. So I, I I know that about you. Can you speak to what's one thing that maybe your parents did as they raised you that that opened that door and kept that door open well, so that you have this good relationship uh, with uh, your parents? Yeah. So how do you, how do you main what your parents do, or <laughs> what do parents need to know if you want to end up in a well-functioning, uh, unified, yeah. loving, yeah. long-term relationship with your kids. Yeah. What, did you, what the heck did your parents do that you talk to your dad every day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the things that I've always appreciated about what my, how my parents raised me is is they, we, we've been saying this the whole time, they listened to me. They listened to me 
And my dad used to tell me, because I did a lot of stupid things growing up. <laughs> a lot of stupid things. Got in a lot of trouble growing up. And, and my dad would tell me, like, even if he already knew that I did, even when I was real little, he used to say, like, real little, he would, he would say, like, hey, Cameron, listen. <laughs> I remember this. So Sorry, it's just th- taking me back. He'd say, Cameron, you can tell me anything. You can tell me just what I want to know is I want to hear why. Can you tell hmm. me why? It was like he was interested in the workings of my brain hmm. and what made what led me to that decision. And he would say, Cameron, I will love you. And he would tell me this all the time. Cameron, I'm going to love you. My mom would do this too. I love you no matter what. There's no matter what. I love you. You can never do anything to ever derail that. Mm-hmm. And there was consistent communication. My dad would walk in my room. My mom would walk in my room and say, hey, how was your day? How was your day? What, what, did, you, what did you do today? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Obviously, the prayer was a big thing. They, they mm-hmm. brought faith and prayer and all that into the home, and they practiced that with me. And so I had a pretty good understanding of that. But what that did was that deepened my relationship with my with my father with my mother um they were also they were very my dad is a very um um, he's very big on discipline but not like oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna rip into you son you know and get the belt and all that kind of stuff but he is hey there's consequences for your actions but he would always interject the love in the midst of that and so for whatever reason, all that that ever did for me was create a relationship with my dad that he is here for me that he loves me, that he cares for me, that he's not going to judge me, and that at the end of the day, no matter how far I go away, I can come back to to my dad. I can come back home. I can come to my mother and share with him because I don't have to be embarrassed. And wow. they would tell me, like, Cameron, it doesn't matter. like Because my it, it's not a matter of if we mess up. It's a matter of when we mess up. And some people, you know, make catastrophic decisions, you know, in their teenage years and when they're in their younger years and stuff. But um, and some some are smaller than others. But my dad knew no matter the scale of that issue, you have a place where you can come and feel safe hmm. and you can communicate that with me. And it was almost like speaking to a friend that loves you unconditionally and I could have dialogue. Mm-hmm. That dialogue with my father, right. especially growing up, was crucial to our relationship now. So that, and, and to connect that, uh, boy, that probably helps set the stage for you to have a healthy relationship with your father in heaven. Because so much yeah. of our relationship with our father in heaven includes those kinds of things. Yes. Dialogue. Yeah, sure. He gives us grace. There are times that he disciplines us, but we know that he still loves us. Mm-hmm. So. So basically, all we have to do is be like God to our kids. <laughs> be so like parents, God. all you have to do is be like God. Yeah, That's it's as it. easy as that. All right, I guess yeah. this podcast's over. because yeah, let's close it Okay, up. thanks, everybody. No, sorry. Uh, we are going to bring it to a close here. Um, is uh, we'll, we'll finish with this. Is there one thing that you would encourage Team Vineyard folks? Maybe we're parents. Maybe we're just adults in the church, what is a prayer that you think mm. that we should be praying mm. as we uh, consider the next generation? Yeah. Um, so so I, I brought my Bible with me, and, and I wanted to share a couple passages um, that, that I think tie into this, this thought of this prayer. Um, so in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, 
Uh, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I love the part where it says God's special possession. Mm-hmm. I, every time I read that, and I read this to the students a lot because I want students to know that they belong somewhere, that they belong, that they have mm-hmm. a home, and that there is a God that loves them. Their heavenly Father is for them. And so my prayer a lot of the times is that these students realize that their father is for them, with them, and they'll, and he's never going to leave. And That's it good. actually reminded me again, I'm going to go to another scripture. It's a very popular scripture in Joshua 1.9. It says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I would say as far as a prayer that these students have a desire to to go further in their faith and to dive deeper into the relationship with God, to see how far that could take them, to realize that they have a Father in heaven who loves them no matter what, and when when trouble comes, that they realize that that Father is going to be with them no matter where they go, no matter what they do, no matter what obstacle comes their way, that they have a realization that they are chosen, that they are called, they are equipped, they are, a, they are God's special possession, and they don't have to fear because their God is going to be with them no matter what. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go, Team Vineyard. Uh, again, we want to thank Cameron Clark for being our guest today and all the ministry ministry that he does around the church. Um, and uh, uh, hope these podcasts are helpful to you guys. We appreciate you, Team Vineyard members, for all you're doing around the church. Let's continue to uh, love Jesus and grow together and give back. Um, Again, well, this is Pastor Mark and Cameron uh, signing off. We'll see you guys this weekend.